What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Thomas Robertson, and this is Outside the Glass, episode 16. A busy night of NHL action last night. Uh, we got some trades, injuries, a lot of interesting game action. Michael Grabner getting moved from the Rangers to the Devils. We'll break that down and get more into that. Carey Price is out indefinitely with an injury. We'll, we'll get to the details of that injury as well and what that could mean for the Canadians. We got the Panthers uh, getting a big win last night. And what could that mean? Are they still in the playoff race? We'll talk about all that and more on this episode. So it's great to be with you guys. Great to uh, break down all this news. We're going to get right into it with Michael Grabner. Uh, Again, just mentioned he was traded from the Rangers to the Devils. So interesting trade there uh, between rivals division rivals, but uh, also geographic rivals, no less, and a very intense rivalry there between those two teams, so interesting to see the Rangers give this Devils team an asset that immediately improves their squad, but Rangers are definitely going to be uh, in a rebuild right now, this season that they're having, they are absolutely tanking not used to not having success, especially throughout the incredible tenure of Henrik Lundqvist. So kind of foreign territory for this Ranger team, but definitely time. They don't have the pieces right now to to go out and win games. They, they, don't, they just don't have the star talent that you would look for. So it's about time to start selling a little bit and, and rebuilding something new there in New York. So the first step was to get rid of Grabner. Uh, 30 years old, having a very good season, very much has improved upon uh, the career that he has had this season. Almost on pace for for a career high uh, in terms of points and goals. But Anyways, so the Rangers give up Grabner to the Devils. He is going to be an unrestricted free agent after the end of the season. So so kind of a rental situation for the Devils. The Devils give up a second rounder and 20-year-old defensive prospect Igor Rykov, who was a fifth-round pick by the Devils in 2016. And he is currently playing for SKA St. Petersburg in the KHL. Has two goals and 12 assists in this campaign. 51 games played with St. Petersburg. Uh, 14 points, plus 13 rating. So, don't want to read too much into that, but definitely an efficient player. And he has improved upon his numbers in each of his uh, seasons with the KHL. Very uh, impressive for such a young guy, only 20 years old, to be making an impact in that league and, and showing steady improvement. So that's very promising for, for this Ranger squad to have a young defenseman, young capable defenseman like that uh, waiting in the wings to to uh, to come up into the league. And then they get that second round pick. So they get a good return. I, I'm not... I take no issue with with what the Rangers acquired here. Uh, you know, a high round pick, and again, this 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 defenseman Rykov has shown that he he can have success. He was steadily moving up the ranks in New Jersey, and and 
showing that he was ready to enter the league. But now I'm sure as the Rangers in a rebuild, they'll give him more time to develop and and they will probably be inserting him into the lineup. They'll probably give him a full season, another full season next season to develop and and also continue to acquire more pieces. So they get a good return. Grabner's contract he only has a $1,650,000 cap hit right now. So, cheap rental for the Devils. And like I said, he's got 25 goals this season. So, on pace for, or almost very close to a career-high pace for Grabner. Did put up 34 goals earlier on in his career. So, very close to that pace. And only 6 assists, which is interesting to look at those numbers. 25 goals, 6 assists. But again, Grabner is a speedster scores on those breakaways that's how he that's how he gets his points that's how he gets his goals so very for the devils this is huge and that's the only thing that I can take exception with on this trade for the rangers they get a good return but they do trade with their with their rival their division rival and a team that is going to be scary good in the coming years they're so young so that's the only thing I could possibly be mad about with this trade for for the rangers is they're making a team in their division much better and harder to compete with. But again, the flip side of that coin is the Rangers are in a rebuild. They're not looking to win right now. So, okay to give them a 30-year-old asset like Grabner. He probably won't be making an impact, uh, for the Devils at least, in, in the in the next few years. So, for the Devils, this is a great trade because... Even though they have so much young talent, they still have a shot this year to make a deep playoff run and get those guys valuable experience in the postseason. And Grabner's only going to help with that. I mean, right now the Devils' highest goal scorer is at 25 goals with Taylor Hall. So you add in another 25-goal guy with Grabner, that just makes his offense way more explosive and dangerous. You have to go down, and again, we talk about the youth of this team, you have to go down to their 10th highest point scorer on the team to find someone as old as Grabner. That's Brian Boyle at 33, 10th in points. So so their top nine point scorers are all under 30. And you look at those top five guys, they are all Taylor Hall's 26. But then you continue to go down that Devils lineup and it's just chop full of 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, you know, Nico Heeshier, Jesper Brat, Miles Wood, all of these guys are so young but but so talented on that offensive end. They're just going to be so explosive in the years to come and the Metropolitan Division really needs to look out. So again, you see Heeshier and Brat both 19, Will Butcher 23, defenseman with 30 points, Miles Wood 22, Kyle Palmieri 26. Stefan Stefan Nosen, Neeson, I don't know how to say his name, 24 years old. Pavel Zaka, 20-year-old centerman, 19 points. So this team is scary young and scary good, and that's the only problem that I've had with them this season is, is they've been a little bit streaky and up and down and I think that you can attribute that to their inexperience and when they're high they're high they're having a, they're flying they're flying high they're they're loving the game of hockey as all youngsters are when they're winning games 
But when they lose a game, they tend to let that pile on and let their those losses pile up. And I think you can attribute that to that inexperience. So adding a guy like Grabner to that, to that offensive unit, 30 years old, again, 25 goal score, very impressive for him. And that speed is going to be huge because right now you look at this lineup, they're strong up the middle. They have Nico Heischer, Travis Zajac, who's been with the Devils for quite some time now. Pavel Zaka, again, one of those younger guys, but still having a great season. And Brian Boyle. So very strong up the middle. Great centerman. But then this is only going to... Just listen to these wingers right now. Taylor Hall, the hottest player in hockey. 19-game point streak. Jesper Bratt, again, 19 years old, but already doing great things. Miles Wood. Another one of those youngsters, and Kyle Palmieri as well. Both guys that are scoring well over 20 points. And then you add Grabner into that equation. They look very dangerous on the wing. Uh, to go along with that centerman talent, that's that's huge for them. So, again, expect the Devils to be wreaking havoc in the Metro for years to come. But this trade makes them much more dangerous this season. And... All they need to do is get hot at the right time with with all the forward talent that they have. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised to see this team make another move before the deadline to shore up that blue line. And then they're going to really be looking dangerous. So watch out for this Devils team. Uh, I think it's a great trade for them. Not a bad trade for the Rangers either. But I think that this is going to be very, uh, very important and impactful for this Devils team. And again, Michael Grabner even got... Uh, a great amount of playoff experience last season with these Rangers. So he's got about 35 games of playoff experience, somewhere in that ballpark, getting 12 games uh, of playoff experience last season. So he'll add a very good veteran presence in that locker room. And, yeah, I think it's a great trade for the Devils. Moving on to Carey Price. Uh, The news came out today that Montreal Canadiens head coach Claude Julien has announced that he, Carey Price will be out indefinitely with a concussion. And that's honestly the last news that you want to hear. If you're a Canadiens fan, he is the cornerstone of this franchise, making $10.5 million this season, which is a huge chunk of change. And that's the one guy that you don't want uh, getting hurt right now as he is, even though you're having a terrible season, uh, there's no hope. Let's just be honest. Let's be blunt. There's no hope for this team. Even next season, they won't be good. There's no chance. They They just don't have the forwards, the talent forward. They don't have the explosiveness. And they don't have the room to work with right now. They don't have the young guys. They don't have the youngsters. They don't have uh, the exciting prospects that are ready to play right now. Otherwise, they'd be getting time. So, that's the news that you don't want. He's the only hope for this team. And... A concussion concussion problems are the last thing that especially that you want him to be struggling with. We've seen concussion problems wreak havoc on goalies in the league, especially Marc Andre Fleury's had had struggles throughout his career with concussions. 
So, for Montreal Canadiens fans, hopefully he is able to come back at some point in the season and and, and finish out. Uh, for Carey Price, this is probably going to go down as his worst season in his illustrious 11-year career. Only a 9.04 save percentage so far this season. Really not great for any goalie, but especially Carey Price. Not what you want to see for him. And a 2.98 goals allowed average, goals against average. Again, not just not not a great number. And that's his worst goals against by far. I don't even think he's posted in the 280s. So... In terms of save percentage, only two other seasons out of 10 outside of this season where he has posted under a 9-10 save percentage. So just very much off the mark. And that's not what you want to see with him making that huge money. But again, you can't really attribute the lack of success that he's had this season. Or, or you can't attribute the Canadians' lack of success to Carey Price. Definitely, you look at that save percentage number, and you want that to be higher. But their team's allowing a lot of quality chances right now, so it's been tough for Price all season. But again, he has not played to the best of his ability. Even though his team has not given him done done him any good, they haven't helped him out at all. He is not. Don't give him a break because he's Carey Price. He could still be playing better. Absolutely, not saying that if he was playing the way he is capable of that this team would be a playoff team because that's just not true. They have their highest scorer is at 35 points right now, so there's no chance. But again, he could be playing better. But it's time for this team to rebuild. And I think you're going to see them make some moves before the deadline. Pacioretty is definitely going to be somebody that's that they're going to be looking to trade if they're smart. He's 29 years old. He signed through 2019, and I think you want to deal him right now. Or his value is is probably at a, at the highest it's been right now. Even though he's only at 34, 35 points, you look at what this team's done in terms of production. That's still at the top of the team, so I don't think that's going to hurt him very much at all. And he signed through 2019, so. If you get him, if you if you if you try to deal him next season, that's going to be a rental exclusively. So you cut his value significantly, significantly right there, because whoever's going after him is only going to be getting him for half a season or less. If you if you shop him before the deadline, even if you shop him early in the season, they're not going to get him for a full season. If you deal him now before this deadline, you will get full value for him. The team that will be getting him will be getting over a season and a half. Uh, for a guy like Pacioretty, it's well worth uh, giving up giving up full price. And his contract's great. One of the best contracts in the league right now, if you ask me. Signed through 2019, he's making four and a, he's at $4.5 million cap hit. Uh, that's very doable. This guy is... is a top line forward on most teams and four and a half million. You see, you know, decent half decent second liners making that kind of money nowadays. So very good contract. I think that they could get a a huge return out of him for that reason. And this is any team that's looking for a legitimate goal scorer. I mean, you look at Patrick at 35 points. Again, we talk about it, not that impressive, but if you're looking for a legitimate goal scorer, this guy is legit. 
he can get it done in the right situation. Uh, with the right team, with the right guys around him, he can be absolutely lethal goal scorer. Very consistent as well. You're not going to see him uh, go through 20-game goal-scoring droughts when he's in a when he's in a good situation and when he gets going. So definitely going to want to look at, at shopping Pacioretty, uh, even Brendan Gallagher. You know that's their highest goal scorer this season, highest point scorer right now. Uh, signed through 2021 for again three million seven hundred fifty thousand. Very low cap hit for for a guy that's doing what Gallagher's doing right now, and a team would be getting that value for the next three seasons. So, I think that you could get a great return for Gallagher as well. People have taught there's been rumors about Galchenyuk them dealing him. Which would make sense. Apparently that relationship hasn't been great. As it, it probably shouldn't be a great relationship if I'm Galchenyuk. They've mishandled him for sure. They haven't given him the ice time he's deserved or the chance at that top line role for really as long as he's deserved. So, not surprising. But, if I'm the Canadians, yes, we there's some bad blood. We've misused him, but... It's time to write that shit because he's 23 years old and he's a great talent in this league. And if you're going to go for a rebuild, which you 100% should, that's one of the guys that is going to be an integral part of that. Um, so, in my opinion, you've hurt his value from mishandling him. If you deal him, you're giving up one of your best, youngest talents. You're not going to get a great return. And it, it, that that leaves you in a bad situation. So I think it's just much smarter situation, smarter decision to try to mend that relationship a little bit. You're not competing right now, so give him 20 minutes if he wants it. Give it to him. What's the problem with that? You're not you're not competing for a playoff spot, even if you don't trust him. Let him play the minutes. Build that relationship with him. And, and try to keep him on for as long as you can. Try to keep him happy because this is somebody that you want to rebuild around. He's a great player. Again, only 23, one of their youngest, best talents. So I wouldn't look at trading Galchenyuk, but Gallagher and Pacioretty are two guys I would seriously consider moving for the right price uh, because it's time to rebuild in Montreal. It's been an absolute disaster for them this season. And it, it's it's not gone well. To say the least, they're one of the worst teams in the league. One of the worst teams in the league scoring goals. They're not great at stopping goals. Uh, and again, Carey Price has, has not been able to carry games like you might expect him. So all of that combined has, has led for a recipe for a disaster season for Montreal. Going into last night's games, had a pretty exciting slate there. And two of the highest scoring teams in the league, two of the most exciting teams in the league, Toronto Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders squared off last night. And uh, what can you say about Matthew Barzell for this Islander team? Another three-point night. Seems like he's putting up three-point nights every other game. The kid is incredible. Uh, gets on the score sheet for to break a little bit of a goal-scoring drought that he had going on. But... His playmaking ability is going to get him assists night in and night out. And 
I mean, it seems crazy to me. I feel, I feel you could check me on this. Of course, you could check out the other shows uh, where I talked about the Calder race, or check out the other shows where I talked about some of the rookies. But it seems to me like I've had Matthew Orzel as the front runner for my Calder Trophy winner all season, whereas people in the very beginning of the season for the first twenty games or so it was all about Clayton Keller. Uh, midway through the season, early. Early to midway through the season, maybe 30 to 50 game mark, it was saying, ah, oh, now it's Brock Besser. He's going to be the Calder Trophy winner. Uh, and only now, only the last, maybe the last 10 games or so, have people finally started to come around and say, it's going to be Barzell. But it seems like all season I've been saying it. He's the, the highest skilled player. Uh, to me, it was no question that he was the highest skilled player uh, of this rookie batch. It was just a matter of time of when when he was going to take the lead in points and when the numbers were going to finally show that. And if you ask me, this man is 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 really, really on a very similar plane to Connor McDavid in terms of skill. If you just watch him, it's... If, if you ask me, I'd rather watch Barzell than McDavid because of just how fun he is to watch. He possesses the puck in the zone like no other. The way he can just wheel and deal. He can just go round and round around the net. He can circle up to the to the dot, to the face-off dot and just stop on a dime, turn back around, skate it back to the point and just go back and forth. He can loop it behind the net all the way for wraparound chances or bring it back out to the point. So, he's just a dynamic skater in the zone and then you talk about his breakaway playmaking ability. That's a whole other whole other animal. So whatever kind of offense you want to set up in terms of counterpunching or possessing in the zone, Barzell can do it all. Uh, he's got a great shot, great stick handler, again, great speed, obviously, and the playmaking ability. This kid has incredible vision and incredible sauce pass ability. Uh, he can really elevate that puck nicely on the sauce pass and just get it to sit down perfectly on right on the tape of whoever he wants it to. So, this kid can do it all. It's so fun to watch him play. Again, I, I'm telling you, turn on the Islanders. Watch this kid play if you haven't already. He's fantastic. But the the Maple Leafs come out and win this game 4-3. to three. Uh, Enough about Barzell and the Islanders. Uh, Mitch Marner getting it done for the Maple Leafs, getting his 15th goal. And Austin Matthews gets his 28th of the season, but leaves the game in the third period after a hit from Cal Clutterbuck uh, favoring his right side and he did not return to this game so concern for Toronto uh, they've been very hot lately one of the hottest teams in the league reestablishing themselves as a Stanley Cup contender and that's the last thing you want to see for for Maple Leafs fans as well so not a good day for for, for those two big city Canadian hockey teams in Montreal and Toronto in terms of injuries. Uh, Austin Matthews is, is the man in Toronto. Just barely the leader in points there, but he's missed a few games. And again, they're, they're very deep in terms of goal scoring. They, they have that, that, that top line talent, top Top six talent in Marner, Nylander, Kadri, Matthews, 
uh, Van Riemsdyk, Bozak, but they also have depth and guys farther down the lineup like Zach Hyman, Connor Brown, Patrick Marlowe that can really get it done. So it's unfortunate to see Matthews go out, but I think as long as he can return, uh, I don't expect it to be something too serious. It didn't look too bad. He, you know, he skated off. He was favoring that right side a little bit, but didn't look like it was too bad. Uh, and he went to the locker room uh, with, you know, not 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 struggling too badly. So I think that he should be able to return, but. Even if it's a much more, even if it's a more serious problem, as long as he comes back before the playoffs, I don't think not having him is going to make this team fall that drastically. I think they'll still have a pretty high seed and they'll still be in a good position as long as they can get him back. But again, that's that's just talking way too far ahead because I don't think it's going to be too serious. But the Maple Leafs absolutely on fire. Uh, only lost two games. Since the All-Star break. So. They've won 11. Out of their last 13 games. Uh, make it 12 out of, the, out of their last 14. With this Islander win. So. That's huge for them. They, they've, they've played fantastic hockey. Uh, down the stretch. I, I had my doubts about this team. After they started off. Had a good start to the season. Hit a little bit of a rough patch midway through before the before the All Star break as well. Uh, I was skeptical about their 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 defensive ability. Still am to, to a to a degree, but their offense has finally stepped up and and proven that they are the elite unit that that they are in terms of the young talent that they have. They're now living up to that talent as a team on the offensive side. So they can outscore anybody still might want to shore up that blue line by, by acquiring somebody before the deadline, but they have proven that they are going to be contending in the postseason. They're not going to be an easy out, uh, out of that first round. Like the capitals proved that they were last season. They're, they're going to be proved to be much more difficult to knock out this season. And it'll be fun to watch them. Philadelphia, took down Columbus last night in a 2-1 contest in Philadelphia, guys. Uh, I've been talking about them all season as well. It seems like I'm just a genius lately uh, with, with some of some of these predictions that I've been making or, or at least some of these foresights that I've had throughout this season. But I've been talking about this Philadelphia team as a dark horse for quite some time. You can check out my article that I wrote on them a few weeks ago. It's up on puresportsnetwork.com. Talking about how this team was flying under the radar... And I think they're on everybody's radar now, or at least I would hope so, uh, with what they've been able to do. They have won eight of their last nine games, and they have a 10-game point streak going there in Philadelphia. And some of the, I mean, I mean, some of these numbers, you look at these top guys on this team, and they have just been absolutely lights out. Claude Giroux, 70 points right now, 20 goals, 50 assists. Jakub Voracek, 55 assists. And Couturier, nearing that 30-goal mark with 29 goals, 31 assists. So, it's been really fun to watch this team do what they do. And Giroux actually notches a goal and an assist, so he's up to 21 and 51. 72 points for Giroux. 
Uh, Shane Gostaspear notches an assist as well, and he has proven he actually notches two assists. He has proven that he is one of the best young blue liners in the game right now at 24 years old. He's got 47 points. So not only with that ability, with that wicked shot to score goals, he can distribute the puck, and he can also play very well in his own zone, very great defender. So this Flyers team, one of the most stacked in terms of top six talent with what they have there, or at least top three, was Giroud, Vorchek, Couturier. But Wayne Simmons, a great player as well. Travis Konechny has had a great season. Uh, and then they got Ivan Provorov, that young defenseman, to pair with Gostaspear. So this team, I mean, not the deepest team in the league, but you look at that top talent on the defensive side and the offensive side, they have some great players, and that talent could very well carry them to a, to a, to a little bit of a playoff run late late uh, going into springtime so it'll be fun to watch what they're able to do I think they have uh, they could have struggles because of their lack of depth only uh, you know 14 double digit goal score uh, point score is not terrible but only only six guys with 30 or points or more which is not terrible again, but there's there's teams out there that have more depth, uh, that have 17, 18 double-digit scores, whereas these guys only have 14. And they have a lot of D-men in that conversation as well. <coughs> a lot of D-men that, that are able to contribute to the offense, which is good, but their bottom six forwards are questionable in terms of what they're able to accomplish, so... There's, it's a fun team to watch when, when their top lines get out there. Uh, very fun team to watch. Their top defensive pairing can shut a lot of, lot of, of, of pretty much any top line down with Gossespierre and Provorov and also produce offense. So I love this team as a dark horse. I would not be surprised right now. They're third in the, in the Metro. I would not be surprised. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get to any higher than that with Pittsburgh and Washington in their way. Would not be surprised, though, to see them get uh, a five or a six seed and and surprise one of those. If they see, it'd be likely that they would see Toronto or, well, they would see, they would, I'm not sure how, I don't even know how the NHL does their playoffs anymore if they do the Capitals saw the Maple Leafs in the in the playoffs in the first round last season, so you have to get out of your division uh, by by the second round. So they'd probably be seeing somebody like uh, like a Toronto or maybe even Boston, depending on how how things shake out, how they finish out um, in the first round. And I would not be surprised to see them give one of those teams fits and possibly make. Uh, have a have a big upset in the first round and have Philadelphia move on. They could make it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, no doubt, just with the talent that they have if they get hot at the right time. Uh, Columbus, on the other hand, you know Philadelphia gets a two one victory. Columbus, on the other hand, lost eight of their last eleven. Their goal scoring has become non existent. Uh, Cam Atkinson has not proven he could get it done. Uh, they get. 
Artemi Panarin and the Brandon Saad trade with Chicago. Uh, he's done fairly well for himself there, and he actually gets the goal for Columbus in this game. 17 on the season, so that's a respectable number there, but uh, you know, Dubinsky not really able to get it get it done for this team, uh, and th- and they've fallen flat in goal scoring. So that's caused them to lose again eight of their last eleven, and you look at this team again. Panarin is the highest point scorer they have at forty nine points. Next after that is defenseman Seth Jones with 36. So their highest scoring forward is Panarin at 48. Their next highest scoring forward has 32 points. And they have three 30-point scorers. That's... I mean, this is a team in a wildcard spot right now. And it's pretty perplexing to look at some of these numbers that they have, that they're putting up. It's pretty sad, actually. 32 points to their third highest. 29 points for their fourth highest point scorer. And three 30-point scorers? That's almost Montreal Canadiens-like. If you get rid of Panarin, that is Montreal Canadiens-esque. So, their goal scoring has completely fallen apart. They're 27th in the league in goals for. So... Sergei Bobrovsky is only going to be able to do so much. It's a very similar situation that 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 Montreal has. Is that they have a slightly better blue line, but not looking good for Columbus. Uh, they're in that wild card spot right now. Don't expect them to be there for much longer. And that actually brings me to the Florida Panthers, who get a three-two victory over the Washington Capitals. And you can't stress enough how huge of a win this is for Florida. The Caps had a 2-1 lead with 3 minutes and 40 seconds left. Somewhere in that ballpark might have been 3:42 and Florida ties it up and then wins it in regulation. So two goals in the last 3 minutes and 40 and they're able to win the game, a huge win again. So they're 5 points behind Columbus. Columbus is in that second wild card spot in the East. Florida is 5 points behind them. And the two teams in between Florida and Columbus are the Islanders and the Hurricanes. So, it's going to be hard. Very difficult. Five points doesn't sound like a lot. It's very hard to make up in this league. Especially when you also have two teams in between you that are also at 65 and 64 points. Also four and five points ahead of you. But... It is not out of the question for this Florida team to make the playoffs right now. They're playing great hockey. They are definitely on the upswing. And, again, Columbus is going to fall out of that wild card spot. There's no doubt in my mind. So then it's going to be a team like the New York Islanders that are taking that spot over. They've been wildly inconsistent all season. So, not to say the Panthers have been the most consistent team, but... The Islanders, you can't really trust this team. If they make a huge move at the deadline, that could change things. But not a team that I trust to be able to hold on to that wildcard spot either. I I think they could easily sneak into the playoffs, but something drastically different could happen. You never know with that team. Carolina Hurricanes, I don't even like that team. They're four points ahead of the Panthers. I don't like the way that team's built right now as much as this Panther team. In terms of the talent that Florida has, they have more talent up front that could carry them. And with Roberto Luongo back, 
that's huge. They've won two of the three games that he's been back, and he's just an established goaltender, uh, been in the league for, for so long, been such a great goaltender for so long. And to have him back, you can't, you cannot overstate the impact that's going to have for this Florida team. So they're five points back. I don't think they're four points behind Carolina, but I think they can leapfrog them. It's a matter of if Columbus continues to plummet down the standings, which is what they've done over the last few weeks. And I think that the answer is yes to that as well. So, because they can't score goals. Let's face it. They really can't outside of Artemi Panarin. So the goaltending that the Hurricanes have, I don't think is enough. Uh, Tivo Teravoin and Sebastian Ajo are an impressive combo. But outside of that, Jeff Skinner, maybe. But they don't have a whole lot else. Uh, and you look at the Islanders, who have one of the best offenses in the league, but probably the worst defensive unit in the league as well, and some of the worst goaltending. So you, it's just so hard to predict what they're going to do. You look at Florida, who now has a consistent goaltending fix with Roberto Luongo. You can rely on him, absolutely, to be a great goaltender. Uh, an underrated goaltender at that. And then you have that that trio up top, like Alexander Barkov, Vincent Trocek, who scored a beauty of a goal to win the game against the Capitals. Beautiful high-tip deflection play. And then Jonathan Huberdeau which is, is an electric trio to have up top, all over 50 points right now, and they're all under 24 years of age. I, uh, Keith Yandel leading that blue line as well. Aaron Ekblad, they have, they have great defensemen as well. So I like the way this team is built to be able to possibly leapfrog all three of those teams and secure a wild card spot. It will be a long shot because of just the fact they have to make up four or five points on three different teams but I could very well see it happening the way that they've played. They have won seven of their last ten games, so they're heating up at the right time. They've actually won eight of their last 11, excuse me. So, again, watch out for Florida as a dark horse to get to not necessarily make a playoff run, but to get a wild card spot and make it into the playoffs be huge for this Florida team. They're still young. Again, all that yeah, young trio up top, super young. So it'll be fun to see what they can do, and I think they're in a decent position to be able to gain ground uh, and get that wild card spot. Games tomorrow, we got some previews for you before we sign off. The Rangers taking on the Wild. Rangers cleaning house completely. Wild are heating up a little bit more. I like the Wild in that one. Uh, Rick Nash, in other news with the Rangers, Rick Nash also kept out of the lineup last night. So look for him to be dealt very soon. Uh, And I like the Wild in that one. Probably the under. Uh, Hurricanes hosting the Penguins. Penguins are super hot right now. We just talked about some of the concerns I have with the Hurricanes. So give me the Pens on the road in that one and the over in a high-scoring contest. Blues-Jets in a Central Division matchup. Blues at home. uh, But I like the Jets in this one uh, with what they've been able to do uh, in terms of being a high-scoring unit. Connor Hellebuck's been fantastic this season as well. So give me the Jets on the road. Blackhawks hosting the Sharks. The Blackhawks have been absolutely horrendous. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, but I, I'm going to have to go with my gut. My gut's telling me Chicago for whatever reason. Uh, at home, you know, even though they've been so bad over this past little bit of stretch, never a bad idea to pick Chicago at home. Give me Chicago in the under in that defensive battle there. Golden Knights 
hosting the Canucks, Golden Knights now at 40 wins, make it 41. Canucks are terrible. Golden Knights at home is a short thing. T-Mobile Arena is electric. Give me the Golden Knights at home. That's going to wrap it up for the show. Thank you very much for listening, guys. This has been Outside the Glass, episode 16. Check out the website, puresportsnetwork.com. Check us out on social media, at Pure Sports NHL. Check us out on Facebook, Pure Sports Network. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. Again, have a great uh, Friday or whatever day you're listening. Uh, I'm signing off.